Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Well, that was a pause. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Hey, everybody. How's everyone doing today? Wow. It's only, what day is today? Tuesday? Tuesday, right? Tuesday is Monday. I'm getting confused on these days. I've been so busy doing stuff that, hang on a second. Let me uh, make sure I get rid of this. Sometimes it pops on. What's going to try to pop on again? I've been so busy that I lose track of time. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing content creation for TikTok and and uh youtube and all that in addition to this so i just get so busy i forget what I, I forget what day it is plus i got my regular stuff to do at home my name is charlotte i'm going to be your host for the next hour at least i know where i'm at right now <laughs> i'm also the owner of the california haunts paranormal investigation team based out of sacramento california we are 45 strong up and down the state of california which means if you think you have a paranormal event going on whether it's ghostly cryptid ufo whatever for the team to be, for the team to contact. But see, it depends on where you live to. I mean, California is like this big state. People always think California is beaches, you know, we're all laying on the beach, kind of like Hawaii, right? We're all laying on the beach. But California is a big state. We have mountains, we have desert, we have everything here. So it might take us a couple days to get to you, but we will get to you. And I have uh, psychic mediums on staff who can call you. You know, in the event we can't get you right away, our psychic mediums can call you and help you calm things down and, and if there is something going on in most cases they can help calm things down until we get out there and usually it takes us one one or two days to get out there so it's not like you're going to be waiting a week or two weeks for us to come out so that being said you can contact us on facebook under california hunts you can find us on twitter under california hunts you can find us at twitch under cal hunts you can find us at tiktok under california hunts and you can find me on facebook under my name and also, Instagram under Ghosty Gal. So there's all kinds of ways to contact us. And uh, okay, I'm, I'm working on getting our website back up under a different website uh, company because Yahoo no longer uh, does websites. So I'm having to convert it and have a big website. So I'm in the process of doing that. Now, getting back to our, our online presence, our social media presence, of course, like I was talking about Facebook. Well, speaking of which, if you like what you see tonight and uh, you've got people in the house with you, do me a favor, hit those thumbs up and all that good stuff and the smiley faces and all that. Because what that does is it puts the show higher in the in the algorithm, which means Facebook looks at that and puts this out to more people. Okay, that's what's cool. And also, if you have people in the house with you, please, please, please ask them to come over and check the show out. Say, hey, you know what? There's this, there's this little show and they've got really good guests on. I want you to see it. This is how things go and this is how shows grow is word of mouth okay word of mouth and cruising the internet and coming and coming across is by accident that's the other way right okay and also if you've been watching the show for a while or you watch the show today and you like what you see and you haven't done so already on facebook hit that follow button all right because we've got good shows i'm telling i'm not just saying that because i say it okay i'm a journalist photojournalist i don't like to cover paranormal stuff all the time 
So with me, you're going to get different topics. Not only are you going to get, are you going to get like ghosts and you know and UFOs and UAPs and all that. You're also going to get other topics. For instance, tomorrow's guest, Larry Jorgensen, is with us. He used to be used to call him the Coca-Cola guy. He's going to be on talking about a Great Lake shipwreck, one of the only ones in this particular Great Lake. So that's the stuff. I like to cover different things. You know, keep everybody on their toes. If you're watching from YouTube tonight, same thing. If there's somebody in the house with you or the apartment or wherever you're at, bring them over to watch the show. Because Arla, Arla is a great guest, and yet she's got a unique story to tell. She reminds me of Grizzly Adams. I want to say that honestly, okay? So, yeah, Arla's a great guest. This is her second time here. She was on, I think, a month or two months ago. I just I wanted to bring her back to talk to her more because there's a lot more going on with her. So bring people into here to listen. And again, I need those, you know, those show show me some love with the hearts and the thumbs up and the smiley faces. Because it's the same thing over at YouTube. It's an algorithm, just like it is in TikTok. So the more happy faces we get and stuff, the higher we are up in, in the algorithm. Also, if you look at the YouTube page, that's where the faces of all the videos are for this show. There's 632 videos over there. We have done 632 since changing to this format three years ago. So you have all that to choose from. And then what I've done, because they're confusing. Oh my God, it's confusing, even for me. I've taken and recategorized them. So if you want to find something on UAPs, alien abductions, they're under a UP, UFO, UAP, alien abduction file. If you want to check out Nancy Matz's stuff, they're under her file, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that makes it easier for you to find because if you go on the main page, and it's even like that right now, if you go on the main page, there, I mean, the files are like everywhere. All the topics are there for the months, month after month after month after month. It's just time-consuming and confusing. I know because I do it. I do it to, to do teasers and, you know, promos and all that stuff. I do it, especially if I have a guest that I've had on before where I can pull their bio information to go in that way. So... It's a lot easier for you guys. Also, I'm very active on the on the uh, YouTube community page. We do a a uh, we do a ghost question of the day, paranormal question of the day, and I also put polls out there to hear you know, because I want to know what you guys want to hear. So I'm you know, I put polls out there and things like that for you guys to answer. So come on over, subscribe. Okay, it doesn't cost anything to subscribe. The other now I have two more announcements, and then I'm going to bring Arla in because I'm really excited and eager to talk to her. I'm teaching a class on July 8th. July 8th? Yeah, I think it's July 8th. Double check me, it's a Saturday. And um, the California Haunts team is looking for new members, new team members. If you're into the paranormal, you live in Sacramento area, or you live in Stockton, or whatever, because I like to have investigators up and down the state. This is the class for you if, if you want to join one of California's premier paranormal investigation teams. And I'm going to tell you straight up, it's not an easy class, okay? I have certain, I mean, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. And over those 20 years, I've come up with, with procedures that I like following for investigations. Because the more accurate we are with these investigations, the more we can help the client. So it's an intense two and a half hour course. You learn about our procedures, the way you know, we do our EVPs, um, the equipment. You're going to learn the equipment inside out. And all that other stuff that goes on with the investigation. How to do a preliminary, you know, how, how we handle the paperwork. I mean, everything. I mean, when you're sitting there during the investigation and something happens, I want to know what time it happens and when it happens. Because I can't, I catalog all that. 
Because if I'm sitting at the command center or somebody else is sitting at the command center, they're watching the weather and they're watching the moon cycle and they're watching for for rays, you know, for, for explosions on the sun. Because all this, you know, is thought through paranormal that it might have a link into into activity. So I like to see, along with the, the log kept at the command center, what you guys are experiencing and what time you're experiencing the stuff. Because it might correlate with something that's going on. Maybe a temperature drop, maybe the humidity goes up, right? So we're trying to correlate all that stuff together. And then to sit down one, once, once a month and look at all the cases and see see if there, like I said, see if there is a correlation between that stuff. That's what we do. Okay, we're try, we're 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 science based. We are trying to, you know, get as close to the truth as we can. All right, and we're going in and we're looking at all the natural stuff, all the man-made stuff that can be causing the activity. And then when we can't do that anymore, then we start looking at paranormal causes. All right. So what I'm looking for, I'm looking for investigators. I'm looking for, I'm not, I hate the word debunker, but I'm looking for people that can look at things logically. All right. I'm looking for mediums and psychics. I like to have three, four to five psychics on staff because I like to tailor my cases to, to each psychic because sometimes somebody might be better with kids than somebody else, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing I'm looking for, and this is something I've been wanting for a long time. Everybody watches Dead Files, right? Okay. And I love this thing where they have the artist, the graphic artist there, the police artist or the court artist, whatever you want to call it. I'm looking for somebody like that who can do that based on what the, 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 you know, the psychic medium tells them. I would love to have that. I've been wanting one of those, for, I've been wanting that for years. So if any of you think you can do that, come on over to the California Haunts Meetup, California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team Meetup, and sign up for that class. There's only two spots left for this class. So we're getting down the wire with it, but there's only two spots. The other class, which is the next day, is something for you guys who don't want to get involved with the paranormal group because you, you don't have the time you know, to, to dedicate. The other class, the other course thing I'm teaching is we have, like I said, we've been investigating Northern California and Northern and Central California for a long time. And we know all the cool places to go where you don't have to pay anything to go and investigate. Places you can just check out, like the Murphy's Hotel and, and uh, the Iona Hotel, places, places like that, the Woodland Opera House, things like that. Places that you can go with your family. Woodland Opera House does tours, okay? So you can do that. And it doesn't cost anything. That's what's cool about it. And maybe, you know, like at the Woodland Opera House, they might let you do some EVP work while on the tour because they're pretty cool over there. They're pretty cool, you know? But there are places like that that you can go into. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a hotel. You might have dinner. You might stay overnight and do some do some ghost hunting at night after everybody goes to bed. But it's a place that you can, there are places that you can go that are open to the public. All right? So I've got a long list of this. And plus I've got... a all the evidence that, that we've collected in these different places to show you. Sounds like a cool deal, right? And then you'll know where you can go, which is kind of cool. And sometimes you might get lucky enough, and there's a paranormal group in these places like mine, and we'll take you along with us on these investigations. Because we've done that with the public. So anyway, that's happening the Sunday after I do the uh, class for, the, for, for my investigators. So if you're interested in that, head over to the California Haunts Meetup and check it out. Okay, and all that's under events. All right. Okay. That being said, boy, that was like a ten-minute talk. Sorry about that. Even more. My guest tonight. 
or the Colette. Has been on, like I said, has been on before. And she has a unique relationship. She lives in the woods. And she's, and she's not alone out there. She lives around Dogman as Sasquatch. But what's cool about it all is that she has such a relationship with the Sasquatch. Well, I'm going to let her tell you about her relationship with them. Because it's, I, I think it's something she's built over years and years. But they leave her gifts. They leave her gifts to let her know they were there. Or they leave her gifts to keep the peace. But it's a wonderful relationship. That's why this is titled Living in Nature with Sasquatch. Because Arla has found a way to live out, you know, to live out in nature with these giant beasts. So let me bring her on and I'll let her tell the rest of her story because you guys know as well as I do, I screw things up. So we're just gonna we're just gonna go with that. Let me get her on. <laughs> Hello. Hi. I'm tired now, you can talk. <laughs> That's fine. I was I was <sighs> listening too. So, uh, tell yeah, everybody because I, I know you've been on before. So tell yeah. everybody about you again because there might be people listening that haven't seen you yet. Well, I'll, a quick intro into um, back to when I was six years old. Um, I was at my grandmother's sitting down in the dirt, playing with some sticks and flowers and things. And I heard somebody walk up. I thought it was my grandmother. Uh, I looked up and it wasn't. It was a young male, uh, juvenile, a Bigfoot. We stared at each other for a while. You know, it was like, man, that's a hairy kid. You know, <laughs> so we, I mean, we probably... I, you know, 10 to 15 feet at the most from me. And uh, we just looked at each other for a, a little while. And then he turned around and walked off. And I jumped up and I went into my grandmother and told her what I had seen. And I asked her, I said, Granny, what was that? And all she said to me at the time was, what do you think it was? And that's basically how I was taught growing up. I was allowed to think about things for myself. Um, I don't think she ever told me what to think in my whole life. I mean, all my grandparents were like that. And, you know, that that's really a credit to them because that allowed me to be who I was and not feel like, you know, I was doing something I shouldn't do. The interesting thing about this, as far as uh, experiences with them, was that's my first real recollection of actually uh, one coming up. But my mother uh, brought a memory back to me and um, she asked me one day, she said, do you remember that time uh, when you were about three and there was this guy looking in the window and you were talking? And I still remembered that incident because mom had come out of the closet. She was getting clothes ready for the next day. And I was sitting on the bed and she came out to see who I was talking to. And... 
when she got out there, you know, it's like, Arla, who are you talking to? And she looked over at the window and she screamed, it's a dirty, hairy man. And my dad was in the bathroom taking a shower. And of course, she screamed for him. He come out, he got a butcher knife and out the door he went, but he didn't find anything. But the funniest thing about it was my mom had never seen them. But she looked at me and she said, do you think that was a Bigfoot? <laughs> of course, I said, yeah, mom, I'm pretty sure that's, that's what you saw. And so that was something that was special between us because she had never really experienced them. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was kind of special to know I was talking to them on her bed through the window when I was three. So I, I, that's a really good memory for me. When but, you mentioned I mean, your first experience, yeah. the first thing that came to mind was we was Little Red Riding Hood, right? Oh, yeah. what, what long arms you, what long hairy arms you have. <laughs> It, you know, they are hairy. Some are more hairy than others, kind of like people. I mean, some humans have more hair on their body than others do. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's like my grandmother taught me. They're my neighbors. Sure. And that's how I've addressed it all my life. These are my neighbors that live there. And, you know, sometimes you visit with your neighbors and, you know, sometimes you don't. So <laughs> that's how I've kind of looked at it um, all my life. I was never taught to fear. I was never taught to fear anything because even as a, a very young child, I saw things and knew things and did things that, you know, weren't I normal is a bad word to use weren't something that everybody was talking about seeing and so I was not taught to fear anything um, I was taught to uh, find out who I was talking to or who was there you know I was one of those kids that if there was something under the bed I wanted to get under the bed and see what was under there. I didn't cover my head up. I wanted to know. So, you know, that the life with them is like that. I don't see them all the time. Uh, they're there. Um, and sometimes they're not there. Well, you know, even me for, you know, when I used to do hiking and camping up in the Sierra Nevada's here, I always had a respect for nature because, you know, animals and all that, because they were here first. You know, that's their, yeah. that's their territory. My territory is in my health, DAC on, right? <laughs> so there has to be some respect between that, between that nature. And with you, after, like you say, after seeing, you know, after meeting one when you were so young, you're used to them and you got, you got to, to know and understand that they weren't going to hurt you as long as you showed them that respect. Right. And, you know, that's the thing with, with anything. Being respectful um, 
of any anything at that point um, is so much better. And misunderstanding uh, someone's nature, and that could be a human too, because we definitely do things differently, but misunderstanding the nature of something does create uh, an element of fear. And with them, for sure, and the dog men, you know, because we're dealing with things that have human qualities, and yet they're not fully human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those things outside just their energetic makeup that you pick up, the vibrational energy that they put out is, you know, different than ours. It's interesting because, like, like, like you said, your mother and grandmother were were already aware of them, and yes. they didn't seem afraid of them. Yeah, and you know, my mom was never involved in. My mom was one of those people who was afraid of everything, and so they never came to her, and so there was never a reason for my grandmother to teach her about them. Um, you know, mom and I talked a lot about that and, and she'd say, Arla, I just don't think I could have done it. I, I just don't think I could have done it. So, you know, right there, that tells you that it, it wouldn't have happened. And, you know, I didn't teach my children either. I've got grandchildren that, you know, I've worked with, but my children never had an encounter and so there wasn't any reason for me to teach them and so you know i've got like i said grandchildren that i talk with and i mean we talk about everything i think one of the coolest memories i have of uh some of my grandchildren and all of them are married now and have kids, but we were sitting around my table one day and they were telling me about their past lives. And these were young children. And I was sitting there just like, this is so cool. (laughs) This is just so cool to have them so open to looking at that. One thing I was thinking while you were talking too is, I mean, animals can tell when you're afraid of them. Dogs, cats, whatever. They can tell when you're nervous around them. Do you think that was part of, like, like with your mother, do you think that was part of them not showing themselves to her because, because they knew she had this fear? Well, my mom didn't even like animals. Okay. She did not like cats. She did not like dogs. She did not like any of that. And this would have been way out of her realm. Um, I was hard enough for my mom. Well, at the age of four, I began dreaming about people. People would come into my dreams and tell me who they were. And then we would be somewhere and I would see those people. And a four-year-old, you know, it's going to be hard to contain. And I would just run up to those people and say, hi, I know what your name is and tell them what their name. And they would, you know, look at me like, well, who are you, little girl? I I don't know you. And that would just mortify my mom. 
And she would tell me, don't do that. Don't, don't go up to people like that and say those things. And of course, then my grandmother is reinforcing, you know, me being able to express who I was. So that's a big part. Just having someone that supports you uh, with the things, you know, and I know like in the paranormal world of looking for things or trying to figure things out, you've got to have an open mind. Yes. Because if you don't, you've already shut yourself down to understand some of the things that are going to present themselves. Absolutely. So as you uh, were growing up, you know, like, like you said, you saw your first one around three years old. Did they become friendlier with you? Have they become more friendly? Yeah. Uh, no, they're, uh, they've always been, I guess you, you could say friendly. They've always been around. I remember one time um, we lived in southwestern Oklahoma for a while and we would go to the Wichita Mountains and camp and my children were all small uh, i think my oldest then was like 12 and um we would camp well this one particular time we decided to take an eight mile trail well as we were getting on it the kids were like when are we gonna get through when are we gonna get through so uh we decided we would just take over across the mountain and intersect the trail and it would cut like half the time off. Well, as we were going over that, they were in the trees watching us. And of course I'm nodding to them, you know, and letting them know, yes, I see you, which they knew I did anyway, but you know, I was just being respectful of them. Well, my kids had no idea to my knowledge that they were aware of that. And, and the one thing I know for sure is they would have never scared my children. Mm -hmm. And um, even by just showing themselves to them, unless they knew that it was going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Do you think, um, how, how many do you think are out there? Because, I mean, people, uh, you know, the, tell stories but you know this has been going on for for, for hundreds of years you know the native yeah. americans saw them well since, uh, what do you think the population is for them oh i wouldn't even wager to guess i can tell you about the family that is around this area uh there is uh one a, a dad and i don't use the term alpha male or alpha female a lot of people you hear in this use those terms I don't use those terms. Um, he's the father. He is the oldest male that is anywhere around here. I call him alcaller because he does an alcohol. And there is actually, um, people are going to get to see an experience that was had uh, here with alcoholer in the new uh, Flash of Beauty, the paranormal one documentary that's going to come out this fall. That story is um, going to be a part of that. But that's Al Caller. He's the dad. 
there is the mom. I call her Moma. And the reason I call her that is when she would sing to the babies, she would go, Moma, Moma. And so that's why I call her Moma. <laughs> uh, the oldest of the children is Meridia. She is a female. Uh, she has her own child. Uh, the next is Indigo. Indigo is the one that I've spent the most time with um, through the years. Uh, then there is Blue, the his younger brother. Uh, and then there's Baby Girl. And so that is that family. Uh, there are other families that are part of that family that will be around from time to time. Uh, I don't I don't see them like I would the others. Um, but they're you know they are very much family oriented. So when you uh I'm going to ask you about hearing the, the, the mother sing. How, how did that come about? How did it come about? Yes. Oh, I've heard a lot of things. Um, they would just be out and she would be comforting her babies. Uh, there is a male, I call him Kruja, um, who is a part of this family. He, uh, Of course, he's male. But I've heard him um, sing to a, one of his children. Mm -hmm. I heard the baby crying, and then I heard him uh, doing like a vibrational uh, song, it, you know, not really words as we know words, but... Um, and, you know, and the baby then would would be calm. And it's interesting because I have done that same thing with my children and grandchildren when they would be fussy or whatever. I would put them on my chest and then do that. And it would help to calm them, calm them down. So. But I mean, they're out there. Um, Pretty much everybody that's listening, if you've spent much time in the woods, they've been where you are. You just, you didn't know that they right. were there. Uh, and they've always been there. They were on this earth a long time before we were ever put here. Now, I know you camp outside a lot. So I'm yeah, wondering, I, when you when you were younger... Were you hesitant to do that, or did you start when you were younger to start camping? No, no. I played outside till I had to go in. I don't care how dark it was. I would even, uh, we'd put uh, blankets over the clothesline and make tents and sleep outside. Um, I ran the woods. I was running off to the woods when I was very little. It was like a constant thing for my mom to keep up with me because, I mean, I would just, I'd be gone. And I always felt more safe in the woods than I ever did uh, anywhere else. I, I remember as very young when I started seeing uh, 
spirits and, you know, all the other things. Houses were hard for me to be in a house. If I was outside, I could deal with that. And I'm talking really young. Uh, I could deal with it. I just always felt so much safer outside. I sleep in a tent now, you know, at some of us were talking about, you know, if you had to make a choice, if you were told, okay, now you can only do one of these. If you had to make the choice between living in a house and living in a tent, what would you choose? Well, I didn't have a problem. I'd choose a tent. I mean, I've lived in a tent. I was putting up a cabin on uh, some land, and I lived in a tent while I was doing that. Um, it's just, it's what I love, you know, being, being out, being in nature, and pretty much all over the United States and into British Columbia, you know, I've backpacked and I've hiked and primitive camped. And a lot of times by myself with just my dog. So that's where I'm the most comfortable. Now, when you're camping at night, can you hear them talking and moving around? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if they're around, I you know, I hear them. Uh, you can feel them. I think I did. The other night, um, I was laying there and I heard the owl. And I thought, no, wait a minute. That doesn't feel like an owl. And it wasn't an owl. It was an owl caller. And uh, so I just thought, oh, I'm going to flip on my recorder on my phone. And um, when you listen to it, you hear... Uh, Indigo and his dad, Al Caller, uh, having a, a short conversation. Uh, most of the time, they don't bring out these long sentence things. It's very short, but they're also speaking very fast energetically. And to really get any kind of emphasis on it, you have to slow it down uh, to hear it. Uh, but I... Gosh, I've got audio from years. I've got two little Sony recorders full that I've never even listened to. So, but, you know, I've got a lot of audio. Um, one of the funniest ones, um, and most people who know me have heard this one. It's one I call Hi Guys. And uh, because that's how I address them when I'm out is Hi Guys. And so that particular night, I was in my tent. I was just laying on my cot. And they would give me what I call a greeting grunt. Um, it, it's longer than a grunt. But um, when I would get that, I would know, well, they're out there. Well, this particular night, I'm recording. And I hear this greeting and I just go, hi, guys. And he does this goofy sounding howl that sound like he was saying, hello. <laughs> and I just busted out laughing. 
Now, there was a spectrogram done on this by a very well-known guy in the BFRO who did spectrograms. And he approached me and he said, I heard that. Could I do a spectrogram on it? And I said, sure. You know, I know what it was, but yeah, you can do that. So when he did it, it came back, no known animal. And it was within the range that they have assigned to uh, the Bigfoot people. So, you know, I, I knew, you know, who that was actually. So, but it, it's hilarious um, that, you know, that they would do things like that. Right. Absolutely. Now that brings me to a couple, another question. Now you heard the Sierra sounds. And you've heard, you've probably heard the gentleman in uh, North you know, Oregon who has, the, he claims it's the voices of, of the Sasquatch talking to him. How yeah. close is that to what you're hearing? Um, you know, that, are, are you talking about Sasquatch Ontario or? Yes, yes. Okay. It's not, um, okay. not really doesn't sound like that. Okay. Um, now, they can sound as human as we do if they want to. Okay. And I've got audio of that even. Right. Um, and, you know, of course, they use telepathy. You know, we talk tele telepathically back and forth to each other. Um, but I'm a very verbal person as far as if I'm out there, I'm usually saying, you know, what what I need to say. Do I have to do that? No, I don't. You know, I I could do it very well telepathically, but I just like to talk to them. And um, you know, that's one of the things that I I tell people with anything, whatever you're addressing, if you're in a situation where you know that something's there. Mm -hmm. Uh, start talking. Ask it who it is. You know, uh, what are you? Uh, what's your name? Uh, I'm I'm Arla, and this is why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And basically, what that does is it creates within you a connection because if you're out there talking to something, you're giving it a sentient credence. So that helps you too. But what I also tell people is if you can't get past that fear mm -hmm. that you're feeling by doing this, whatever it is that you're dealing with, uh, it's real simple. Turn around and leave. Right. You know, don't, don't continue to put yourself in that place of fear if you can't get past it. Because that's just not, that's not a good thing for anybody. Now, when you're communicating with them telepathically, what questions have you asked of them and, and what information have, have they given you? What questions do I ask them? Yeah. Um, what are you guys doing today? <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of teaching. I also have what is called a teacher. Uh, he is an ancient, um, 
And so I talk with him and I, you know, ask whatever kind of question that comes in my mind that, you know, I might want an answer to. But as far as, you know, asking them questions, I, I do. How are you guys today? You know, um, what have you been doing? Uh, how are the babies? Like I would talk to my neighbors the right. very exact same way, you know, um, as to, you know, where they came from and all those other things. I know what I've been told. But for me, the most important thing is our relationship with them and what it is that they hope uh, to teach us humans. So have they ever uh, volunteered information about, about their way of life at all to you? Or is it just, a, like you say, a neighborly thing? Hello, how are you? How are you feeling today? Well, no, they're multidimensional. Okay. I mean, they don't stay in this 3D uh, life. Uh, when they are in the 3D, they are in physical form, but they don't have to stay in that at all. And actually, we don't either if we, you know, are ready to um, leave the three dimension. But, you know, I've asked Kashima a lot of things. Um, I asked him um, one time. Uh, the grandmothers, the ancestor grandmothers, who are two uh, women, grandmothers that are, a lot of people call them guides. Uh, they've been with me forever. Um, we had been talking about DNA. And uh, I had asked Kashima one day about our DNA and how it's been changed and how it possibly will be changed. And what he told me was that the Lemurians work with that. And that um, that would be something I would need to talk to them about. You know, he did explain to me that as um, our vibrations rise, that that DNA does change. And I think I was uh, reading somewhere where they're all already now going, you know, uh, humans' DNA is starting to change. They're seeing mutations and all kinds of different things that are going on um, with us. But, I mean, I could, I could ask him anything that came to my mind, it, you know, it, and he would answer me with without a question. Okay. Right. That's just so fascinating to me. You know, how long do they live? How long do they live? Yeah, you know. Well, their uh, life lifespan actually is infinite. Being multidimensional, <laughs> that changes a lot of the aspects of it. Um, in you know, if, if you were talking in the physical realm, much longer than we do, much longer than we do. Um, they mature. Um, or accept what happens when you mature um, at a slower pace than what we do. But if you go back 50 years even, 
uh, children didn't mature at the rate that they're maturing now. Uh, it, it was a whole different thing. You stayed a child a lot longer than you do now. Right, right, right. right. So, you know, that, that's changed. And, and part of that is a vibrational shift, too, as far as children. And a lot of it is what's influenced, you know, their physical lives as well. Um, with them, from everything I've seen, they don't have any children until they're approaching 30. And um, Indigo now, he's in his 20s. And he's not in a position at any point uh, to take, uh, you know, a mate. So. Is it because maybe, uh, I don't know if you would know this, but like you say, their lives are so much longer than ours. I kind of look at Grogu on, in, in The Mandalorian, and he's 50, but he's still like a toddler. Is, is that the kind of thing, like, like like you talk about Indigo being in his 20s, and he's in no position to, to take on a family and have kids? Is that because the, 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 that, that growth rate is slower? Well, they're very responsible as okay. far as having children. Um, the parents, uh, Al Collar and Moma, are through. They have five. That That's it. And they spaced them out. They did not have them um, one after another. Uh, Meridia is in her 30s. Uh, Indigo is in his 20s. Blue is in his teens. And Baby Girl is like a preteen. So, um, you know, like I said, they're, they're so earth conscious, too. Uh, as to how many of them are on this earth, it would be a heck of a lot more than people would ever. You know, um, I heard so many different uh, people in this, you know, try to make a judgment of, well, there's probably 500 in the United States. Well, there's a heck of a lot more than 500 sighting reports in a short time now. I mean, the sighting reports now are astronomical. And so I don't, even though they are multidimensional, I don't think people all over the world are seeing the same ones. You know, even though that's possible, you know, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, I, like I said, I've, uh, been all over the United States and uh, and into Canada. And the ones that I see there are not the ones that I see around here. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Plus it makes sense because I mean, it's like with, it's like with us, we're, you know, we're gonna dress warmer if we're living in Canada, they're gonna have a lot more fur and insulation if you're living in Canada because they have to adapt to, where, you know, to wherever they're living. You know, there are a lot of people call the things that they do paranormal. Paranormal is a funny word to me because my whole life would be considered paranormal, but it's very normal, you know, for me. And I've done a lot of paranormal uh, things as far as land assessment and, you know, working with um uh, people who have gone on, I'm a medium, and, you know, I've, I've done a lot of that 
that stuff as well. It, it's all interesting, this wonderful world that we live in that has so much going on and so many are just, you know, you've got that tunnel vision. I've got to work. I've got to make this money. I've got to do this. We've got to have that. And you get into that. And so you don't see anything. You, It's almost like you have blinders on and, you know, you, you are not seeing this wonderful world that's mm-hmm. out there. Um, another question I had that I was just saying, I just lost the question too, but another question I had is, let's talk about the gifts because they, they leave things for you. What types of oh, things? Oh gosh. They, yeah. What types of things <laughs> they leave for you? They, well, I've always said I can't out give them, you know, mm-hmm. and they do stuff, uh, that things that I love, I love leaves and I love rocks and, you know, I, I love those kinds of things and uh, they're forever leaving me something. But I think one of the coolest things, um, and it wasn't done for me, it was done for my uh, great grandson and um he was at the house. He was, we had been to McDonald's. He is very young. And, um, uh, he, uh, is actually autistic, but he's fairly high functioning. So he looked at things already, uh, very different. Uh, he asked me one time, cause I didn't talk to him a lot about it, but he asked me one time, uh, he said, uh, mama, why don't the Bigfoot have clear pictures taken of them? And I said, well, I've got the one of Indigo. He said, no, Mama, that's not a whole picture. And I looked at him and I said, okay, Jaden, why do you think? And he said, because they don't want to. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's probably, that's probably pretty true. But anyway, he had gotten a happy meal and he had the little package of apples and um, he had ate and he said, Mama, I want to put these out for them. And I said, okay. So we took them out and we uh, put them in a place uh, which was right here by the house, actually. And uh, then we went back in the house. Well, we came back out a lot later. And the apples had been opened. And half of them were gone. Now, they weren't ripped open. They were opened like we would open something and close it back up. Mm-hmm. And they had left a little X, which an X, a lot of people say, oh my gosh, that's keep out and, you know, don't go there. I've never seen it used like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've always used it to be mean family or friend or connection or thank you. Well, they had left him a little X right by the apples. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty special. Uh, but the, the interesting thing about them leaving half 
um, years before that, I'd always grow a big garden and always grew watermelons. Uh, and I, uh, that year I had Cobb Jim and Black Diamond and they make huge watermelons. Well, I've always watched my watermelons and when one was going to be ripe, I would leave it overnight and then uh, it's almost like a ritual. I would go out with my salt shaker and eat my watermelon <laughs> right there by the garden. Well, I was watching one. It was getting pretty big. And it, I thought, well, it'll be ready in the morning. So I go out with my salt shaker. That watermelon is completely gone. Huh. There is no sight. Now, you know, we're talking a 50-pound watermelon. And I was like, well, that's crazy. I mean, if a coyote gets it or a, a coon or something else, they leave all kinds of evidence that they've right. done it. Right. Uh, so I do this two or three more nights and it's happening. Well, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get to the bottom of this this morning if that watermelon is gone and I get out there and it's gone. Well, I start moving vines around and where the watermelon was up under all the vines are these barefoot footprints. So I knew exactly who was taking the watermelons. So I just turned around to the woods, which was right there at the edge of the garden. And I said, okay, this is how this is going to be. You can have 50% of everything I grow. You must leave me 50% because I have family to feed as well. So that ties into what they had done. They have done that, that 50-50 thing with me for years. I mean, even down to, I use a lot of cornmeal in different ceremonies and I would grind fresh cornmeal. Well, the first time that they did this, I had filled a Ziploc bag with cornmeal and I took it out to an area where I go and I had tied it to a tree limb um, with a vine. Well, uh, you know, I just going back to the house and um, I think it was the next morning when I went out there, half of it was left. And it was closed, no rips or tears in it. And it was tied back to the limb, but it wasn't tied like I tied it, but it was, it was tied. And, you know, I could tell story after story about that 50, 50 rule and, and how, you know, we existed as neighbors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the, 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 that was a question I had, but you answered it. I was going to ask you, you know, with, with your garden, you know, how, how does that work out? So that that's how out. it works out. Now. <laughs> uh. now, the other day, maybe a week or so ago, you received a heart. Oh, yes. I've Tell gotten, I have been gifted hearts um, for years. You know, I can go back in my memories and stuff and see. And I'm not talking just about rocks. Lots of people find heart rocks. Oh, I might have a heart that shows up in cracker crumbs. 
I could be fixing something and I look down and there's a heart made out of cracker crumbs. I mean, I've had it. I love to cook. I love to cook for someone. Mm-hmm. And I am in that state of enjoying what I'm doing. And uh, that heart just comes. Um, And you can say, well, that comes from the universe or the fairies might have brought it or the little people or the Bigfoot people or the dog man or or whomever. A lot of it is just manifested from the heart. Uh, and one of the things I love about that is when I post that stuff, people now are noticing that they get hearts and things. And so that brings that uplift of love uh, for other people to share as mm-hmm. well. The mm-hmm. first heart that I got from the Bigfoot people Uh, was on Valentine's Day many, many years ago. And I'd gotten up that morning and I knew there wasn't anybody going to give me a Valentine. But I decided that I'd walk down to the old home place and see if the daffodils just might be blooming a little early. So I got down there and they weren't. And I thought, well, that's okay. It's really beautiful day. I think I'm going to the woods. I'm going to go walking. So I have a very special place where I go. It's it's where I go to sing and pray and uh, meditate and, and whatever. It's it's you know special for me. And so I walk into the circle, and there in the dirt is scratched a big heart, and it's like three foot across or so. And I look at it, and I'm going. Am I seeing this? And I'm like, oh, wow. So I have some cornmeal with me. And I think, well, I'm going to put cornmeal in that so I can see it real good. Well, I didn't have enough. So I had to walk all the way back to the house and get more cornmeal. And I brought it back and finished it. And, you know, I got a picture of the heart uh, with and without. Well, that was done by indigo and uh, the kids the hairy kids are what i call them that was the first heart that they ever gave me and so i did get something on valentine's day and that was probably the best valentine's gift i probably ever had question in the chat room have has, has arla ever felt unusual hairs have i oh yeah i've seen lots of hair um i i've gotten it here um i was in uh, washington state uh, i was taken to several areas out there i had hair from there uh, i've seen seen lots of hair one of the interesting things about in washington in this one area where we went um there uh what they would do is, you know, if you got an itch and you want to scratch it, they would back up to these trees. You would go to this tree and all of the the smaller limbs as you go up would be broken off at six inches. And so you look at that and you go, how are all of those 
I mean, it looked like someone come in there and right. did that with a purpose. Well, yes, someone did come in there, but they would scratch on that and you would find hair there as well. And um, I think there's been a lot of hair collected from that area. You have such a fascinating story to tell because essentially you're living side by side with them. Um, is there ever is there ever any time when the, the excuse me is there is there ever any time when like like when you're camping overnight that they're walking around your tent space at all? Oh yeah, yeah. Indigo. Um, I had a bull mastiff years ago. Uh, Watto is what I called her, and we walked every morning and. Mm -hmm on this road where we walked, Indigo would always walk just inside the tree line. So he would walk with us. Uh, the hairy kids loved Watto and they would come to the house and take her out of a morning, uh, probably three o'clock and bring her back about five. Wow. So, uh, and the, the reason I know that, <laughs> I have several reasons, but one of them, Watto, when she'd always come in from outside, she would go over to the couch and she would scratch her back and rub all over that couch. Well, one, uh, one night I heard the door open or like about, I guess it was like five I heard the door in the living room open and close. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So I walked in there and Watto's doing her. I've been outside. Now I got a scratch thing. <laughs> so it got to where, you know, they they would come and, and take her out. Um, one of the uh, quick story with Watto and Indigo, we were walking one day and there was a lot of things going on uh, on the right side of the road where we were walking. And I kept looking and thinking, all right, who's over there? Well, uh, Indigo, of course, was on the left at that point. And um, Watto was just jumping, looking towards the right where I was looking, she was seeing things and, you know, I was just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Well, we're standing there and I began to turn back around and here comes this little rock out from where Indigo was sailing and hits Watto and she just jumps and turns around and looks at Indigo. Mm -hmm. And now everybody's happy now. Indigo has her attention and she's focused on him. So, you know, lots of things like that. You know, people say they don't like dogs. Right. Uh, they don't have a problem with dogs. They have a problem with disrespectful dogs. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with disrespectful <laughs> dogs. Do they scare some dogs? Yes. Uh, their dogs don't understand that energy. Some don't. Well, I mean, Watto was raised, you know, with them being here. So it was something that uh, she, you know, it, it was just a neighbor you know, somebody she liked to play with. Um, but yeah, I've got lots of stories where she would be off with them. And uh, I try to watch Amy Faye, 
I have another mm -hmm. gold mastiff. She'll be three. Mm -hmm. And she just, you know, she sees them. And if she sees them, uh, she takes off. I was keeping her in the tent with me. Um, and um, there was so much going on outside the tent, she wouldn't lay down and go to sleep. She would mm -hmm. sit over by the door and look out the screen and whine. Like, I want to go out. I want to go out. And so it got to where I had to keep her on a leash to hold her. She'd go right through that tent to get out. And so I just told her, I said, you know, when I come down here, I like to sleep. And you're keeping me up because you want to get out. And I'm not letting you out because you'd come back with 100 ticks on you. So I just had to leave her in the house, you know, mm -hmm. so I can get some rest. I mean, I still have to sleep, even though I'm sleeping, you know, in the right, tent. Right, right, So when you go camping, are you camping near your home or are you further out? You mean where I have my tent now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's out away from the house. Okay. Uh, I have to walk back into the woods, you know, to get to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Uh, you know, I kind of call it glamping. Uh, we built a platform for my tent so I could keep my tent up all the time back there in that area. It's at the top of a ridge and it, then it begins to drop off. So when it rains, it's like a flood through there. Mm -hmm. So uh, we put the platform up so that I could put my, my tent on that. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So what do you like? best about sharing your world with them just to have um this mutual respect for each other and the kids the hairy kids oh my gosh they're the biggest pranksters in the world i keep thinking i'm going to get something over on them but i never do but they're always doing uh, something to me. Um, I've had friends come. They pranked them. Uh, just, just silly stuff. It, you know, it's such an awesome world to know they're there, even though I don't see them all the time. Uh, just knowing that I've got some really good neighbors, I guess. Awesome. When you talk about pranks, what type of pranks? <laughs> well, um, gosh, let's say the flip-flop. I love flip-flops, and I mm -hmm. wear them year-round pretty much. Well, I had gone down into the Kaimishi Mountains to a conference, and I uh, had taken my tent. Um, I had my dog, Watto, at the time, and I had flip-flops on when I got there to set my tent up. Now, I was going to be there at least a week. And so when I do that, I set up home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a cot that I sleep on. And it's not a little bitty cot. It's a big cot. Uh, but anyway, I was going to put my tent up. And so I kicked my flip-flops off over by a tree and was just barefooted and was getting my tent set up. I, I got my cot, I got everything put in there mm -hmm. and I decided that I wanted to go do some hiking down on the river. 
and a Taekwondo down there. So I didn't even worry about my flip-flops. I just got my hiking shoes and put them on and we took off, Guado and I did. Well, when we came back, uh, we ate and, you know, I'm getting ready uh, to start settling down. And I think, oh, I left my flip-flops out there. So I walk back outside to get my flip-flops, but there's only one. And I'm like, okay, I don't think a squirrel carried my flip-flop off. And so I just said to the woods, okay, guys, bring my flip-flop back. I like my flip-flops, so bring my flip-flop back. Well, all that week, my flip-flop did not get brought back. And so I'm taking my tent down, getting, you know, ready to go home. And uh, I move, get my cot taken down and I get it moved out and I look and there's a lump in the floor underneath my cot. And I'm like, what the heck? So I go outside and pull the tent up and look, my flip flop was under the tent where my cot was. Now, wow. there was no way I would see that all week because it was under my cot. Right. So just silly stuff like that, that, you know, and I know they're just laughing their heads off at me whenever they do prank me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm fine with that. It, it's, you know, it's all in good fun. I I would think that would be funny to do to somebody. Too. So, you know, I can't really say, all right, you guys, you don't be doing that stuff. Right. So I just accept what they do in good fun and, you know, leave it at that. This is so fascinating. Last question for you is now, we talked about you being in contact with them camping. What about the winter? Are they around in the winter, or do, or do they go? Oh, they're to a yeah, winter? they're here all the time. They don't okay. they don't leave. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I can say they don't leave. They don't stay right here. Uh, but no, they're they don't uh, go anywhere else as far as migrating mm-hmm. or doing you know anything like that. You know, the truth of the matter is. There's everything on this earth that we could eat to sustain us. We just don't remember how to do all that stuff. Plus the fact that they're multidimensional and recognize that multidimensional. So, you know, that that's another thing. But they do love the physical world here on earth. And if they're in an area where they're not, you know, having to uh, be in a different dimension or they're not just doing something in a different dimension. They're going to be in that physical flesh and blood Mm -hmm. form because they love it. Mm -hmm. Arla, thank you so much. It's always so much fun to have you want to talk about this. (laughs) <laughs> well, you're welcome. I mean, you know, I'm I'm 73, so I've had such a, a long life of knowing about them, and I still learn all the time. I mean, it this world. I mean, like with them, with the dogmen, uh, the fairies, the little people, and you know, dragons. I talk about dragons, and people's eyes will roll, and then they'll have an experience, and they're like. 
I would have never thought, you know, yeah. that would that would happen. Yeah. You have a couple books out, right? I do. I have one called My Life with the Harry People. And that chronicles a little bit of my life and and my life and interactions with them. It's also got a couple of stories about the little people in it. And then it's got some funny uh, encounters that other people have had that have told me about uh, about their encounters. I, and then I have a children's book, uh, which is Respecting the Water. And it has Blue and Indigo are in there with their grandfather, Rockin' A. We have a grandfather crow and uh, a grandfather coyote in the book. And then there is a human grandmother and her granddaughter. And it's all about respecting the water. How, how do we treat the water. I've got more of those coming. I just haven't had an illustrator uh, to do them for me at this time, but but that's that's coming too. So, and then I have another book that I'm working on that uh, will have more about the Star Nation people and uh, those that I've worked with about Sanat Kumara, who is an ascended master who I've worked with, and uh, the grandmothers, the ancestor grandmothers, and dogmen, and you know, all all of the beings that have been a part of uh, my life. And so I'm, I'm working on that. Not very quickly, it doesn't seem, but I am working on it. I'm also in some documentaries, uh, Flash of Beauty. Uh, I am in that. Uh, you can see that on Tubby, uh, which is a free uh, service or channel. I'm also in uh another documentary called Paranormal Bigfoot, and that's by Bill Co. Productions. Um, they have uh, Cultured Bigfoot, Paranormal Bigfoot, and Native Bigfoot. These are documentaries. And then uh, Flash of Beauty has a paranormal Flash of Beauty coming out this fall. Uh, these things were, I mean, they are excellent uh, things to watch. Uh, you know, and it's nice to see some good stuff and not see, you know, all the scary monster, you know, but, it, but it's people, it's people talking about things that are going on with them and Flash of Beauty, really, that's what it is. It is multiple people talking about experiences and, and you know some of them are quite different well thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it i'm gonna have to get you back on again because you're so fascinating to talk to absolutely ah, yeah we got a yeah. lot of stuff i'm actually working with a crystal skull now uh miko cool. and um he is what's called a longhead and so he's come into my life. So I've been uh, working with him some as well. So yeah, lot lot goes lot goes on. Yep, we'll have to get you back on. Talk about all that. How all can right. people find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. 
It is Arla Collette. Uh, my legal name on my books is Arla Collette Williams. Uh, Williams being my legal name. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook. I um, I have a YouTube channel. I've been inactive. I'm getting ready to uh, start it back up again. So I'll be uh, talking. Um, I'm going to be traveling. I go to Washington State next month. And then I go back to British Columbia in September. I'll be in Kentucky in the spring sometime. Um, and I'll be some other places in the East uh, this next year. So, uh, yeah, got a lot going on. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for inviting Absolutely. me back. I, I enjoyed it. And like I said, hopefully you'll come back on with us again when the time is right. I will. All right. Well, have a good evening. You too. Say hi to the hairy people for me. I certainly will. All right, Arla. Have a good one. Bye. All right. It's always fun to have her on. It's always neat to hear those stories. Kind of butt flies. It's flying around in here. Um. So, uh, yeah. It's always. I'm definitely going to get a hold of her again and have her back on to talk about some of the other stuff she's doing. Tomorrow we're shifting gears. Uh, like I told you earlier, I'm a journalist, so I like to change it up a bit. This man, the gentleman's coming on tomorrow has been on, I think, three times talking about the history of Coca-Cola. He, he has done extensive research in Coca-Cola bottling company and, and all the history that goes with that. But tomorrow was a little different because he's written another book. In fact, go back on him. He's written a paranormal book, too. We, have, we haven't looked at that yet. But tomorrow is a little different because it, it's a completely different style book for him. And uh, it's about a Great Lakes shipwreck and the rescue that happened. And from what he's saying in his book, this is the only rescue that's ever been done where there were survivors from like a Great Lakes shipwreck. So he's written a book about it. And so we're going to be talking to Larry Jorgensen about that. All right, Mr. Coca-Cola. I've had a lot of requests to have him back on over the last year or so. So he's coming tomorrow. Larry's a coming. So be here um, 6.30 p.m. Pacific is when we're going to do that show. We're staying on schedule. And I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. And if you haven't done so already uh, and you're watching from Facebook, be sure to follow because I'm always doing a lot of stuff there. And YouTube, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe. And before you leave me, show me some love. I see I've got one thumbs up up there. And uh, show me some love. Like I said, you know, it gets, up, it gets us out of that algorithm. Anyhow, I'm going to call it a night. i got to go finish off some yard work and then I'm going to get this put up to the RSS feed and out to, out to Apple Podcasts and all that. And that's the thing, if, if you want to listen to this again, you don't have to go to YouTube or Facebook to see it. You can you can tune in on all the big podcast feeds because that, we're out there as well. Alrighty then, I will see you guys tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific for Larry Jorgensen and Great Lake Shipwreck. Bye.